Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Tonight we have Guy on. Guy is from Ludacris, from Scatterbrain, Music Store, All Music. He's everywhere. So we are going to do our, our record show. How are you doing tonight, man? All right. Very good. You? I'm doing good, man. You have always been a, your music's been a big influence on me. So this is fun doing it with you tonight and, and talking. And, and last time we come up going on a rabbit hole, just by so many bands. Yeah. And we have a mutual love of Zappa that we could probably talk three days about. So, Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's what's happened. So as we were talking before the show started, how you can start going, I must have grabbed a pile of records that I didn't do for the show and other groups that I had to listen to now, just yeah. because of that of that thing. Um, so I'm gonna I'll, I'll start. Um, I picked out ten, and then um, mixture of different styles. But because we had uh, Ricky on from uh, Skinner the other day, got some yeah. great Skinner stories. Um, Very cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, first record is going to be um, One More for the Road. I was listening to that today. See? It's a rabbit hole, man. This is why records are awesome, man. Yep. Pictures and fold-outs and always a weird smell that you don't know what it is. I mean, <laughs> you smelled everything in your life. You don't know what it smells like after 20, 30 years. Notes, pictures. I mean, who does the catering? No, but this is great. It's almost the greatest hits because this is the album that they did right. This was in 76. 77 Street Survivors, and then the album, then the plane went down like unfortunately three for three or four days after the album was actually released. The Street Survivors, yeah. um, so this has got all the hits on it, you know. But people say hits and others. And if you're a Skinner fan, every song's a hit, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it's really their best, I think. Is it actually his games on this one too? Is this the one he's on? Um, I think, he, yeah, he was on there, he was he, he was uh in the crash though. So he must have been on the album. He was, but he, he the only album he really recorded an album he made was the last with Street Survivors. Oh, so he might not have been on the live. So so this was the 76, that was 77. So he may have joined right prior though, because it was a live album. Mm. Um yeah, he did. And Casey Gaines is on too. So oh, cool. Yeah. So they have another album with him on it to remind remember him by. Um yeah. Skinner's I've been a fan forever. Um and one of the stories that Ricky shared, uh, he was in Blackfoot, and uh, he was friends with Skinner at the time. He's he's a drummer, and he left the band. For those who don't know, the only person that was ever left a successful band because he didn't feel like he was up for the part. Yeah, which is crazy and awesome. Uh, did Blackfoot, friends with him anyhow, family friends. Was going to go on the was going to be on the plane, and Blackfoot got a couple of gigs, and literally that day he pulled out. It was not on the plane, um, and it carries with him. So it, it's it's crazy. It's good, uh, yeah. He came back and he said he joined the album. He said once he joins, he's there for the rest of his life. He's a member. Um, and he's, he's such a good guitar player, too. He totally yeah. fits. I mean, yeah. it, it, and it makes sense to have like a, oh, so he's like a family member. He belongs in a band. It's not like they got an outsider, too. Right. You know what I mean? When, you do, when bands do that, it always feels so much better. Like it's a yeah. piece of the puzzle. Part of the family. Yeah. All right, man. What you got? What do I got? So I'll start with, what of course, this is my first. Intro to Frank. Zoodalores. Was it? Uh, Zoodalores. Young Terry Bazio on yeah. the back there, too. But yeah, man, this is like the first album I heard, ever heard of Frank. Uh, I was 11 years old. And I think the first song was Miss Pinky, is the one that I heard. And uh, <laughs> ever since that, I was just like, I was hooked. I didn't know what the hell it was. You know, before this, I was listening to, you know, just your regular rock stuff whatever and um 
I heard that. And then I was just like, man, I kept listening to it. And then started doing, you know, going to the record stores yeah. and looking at all the other albums. And At 11, so, you did that? So open-minded. Yeah. I, I was in my 20s before I really could go into it and, and kind of go off the rock world and, you know. Yeah, I was always into going to the record stores. I mean, even my parents would take me when I was younger to like, uh, I think it was called Maze. It was a, a, a big department. So they had a big record store, yeah. you know, department in it. And I'd go through all those records. You know, you'd sit there for yeah. like two hours. hours. I would do that too. The records, I just, Zappa, I had not been there. I think a lot of bands that had started getting me going that way was stuff like you guys, 24-7 Spies, and, you know, this is kind of right. And a lot of bands were kind of getting me outside of the box from rock because it was like the, the detour. Yeah. So by the time somebody that I know was a big Zappa fan exposed me, I was right for the picking at that point because I had been listening to so much other stuff and absorbing yeah. it. But I could imagine at 11 years old, I would have been like, what? Well, I think that was it. Initially, it's like, what the hell is that? But as I started listening to the other songs on it, I, there was something about it that just caught my uh, attention. And this wasn't an album that had, you know, it was so, you know, um, so much humor on it, but it was a very cool album. I mean, you got some classics like Black Napkins on here, the solo. I mean, it's one of those, the greatest, you know, guitar solos that I've oh, yeah. ever heard. And it's funny because Frank is a guitar player. He's kind of underrated. He would just pick it up and play it when he wanted it as a, as a, as a piece to the next part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He wasn't a sit-around guitar guy, jammer, no. which is insane he that a, he was. He actually came from, he was a drummer, vibraphone player. That was his thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, uh, and, and, you know, and there's a lot of times, like, since I have so much bootleg stuff and live stuff, you know, he would go off yeah. and play, and you know, and sometimes, you know, atonal and very, you know, out there. Yeah. But when, and he, he said that when he would do a solo, he would never pre-plan it. He would just go out and play. So every time mm-hmm. it was different. So sometimes you're like, what was that? Yeah. You know, but other times like, you know, Black Napkins, uh, Zoodalores, um, Watermelon and Easter Hay, beautiful, beautiful melodies that he wrote. I think because he thought in music, that's why he was a yeah. composer. He could write for all instruments. So he thought in music and <laughs> it was the instrument to get the music out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and like, I think to the instruments to do things that it was literally was the instrument for that piece of music. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fantastic. Actually, I have my, 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 one of my first Zappa albums here, too. Um, and I'll actually I'll, I'll jump into it with mine. You want... But my first one that I got into, and actually, I made it for myself not being into it when I was a kid by exposing my kids to some of Zappa. And this one they heard, to the fact where they, and then their friend would come over, they knew the words to Billy the Mountain. Oh, boy. When they were like five years old. In the, in the, in the soccer van, soccer minivan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the fact that this was like live and I was like 72 or something. The fact that, you know, Billy the Mountain was a 24 minute song. Yep. I also love Call Me Vegetable. It's, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Rudabay. Yeah, old great song. I mean, I had Flo and Eddie. Flo and Eddie, that, that time period, that yeah. I had Flo and Eddie with them. It was brilliant. Funny. Great how, players. How, Ainsley crazy to get those guys, too, from what they were doing. Being yeah. soaked, da, 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 da. and yeah, also what a left turn to go to Zappa. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a great career move too because it totally took you out of the. Oh yeah, it, it helped them a lot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, get the recolor colorized the band, you know. Yeah, it's just so good. I mean, you know, it, uh, 
so yeah so this was a great album which i said i, I played in the car a lot for the kids because i knew it was clean yeah yeah it's funny because yeah. all the years of me driving my kids around and playing all the zappa my thing was always on the button ready to, to skip that part of the song you know i just had to wait out because i'm like i just can't I, I couldn't just couldn't do it yeah all right you, got? you ready for my next one? Oh yeah right there <laughs> Kiss Alive. Oh, nice. Kiss Alive. I mean, you know, so many people make fun of it. Oh, Kiss, Kiss. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I guess I had to be, I don't know, maybe around the same age, 10. I, I don't even remember being very young and hearing that for the first time. And of course, the visual of it. Um, yeah. But that's just a classic live album. Great stuff. Great songs. Great energy. I love that album. Still I hear that or, or Alive 2. It's one of the others. I I stick with the Alive. You know, the original, you know, old school songs, the stuff that they recorded early on and played like Strutter. I like Fire, right. Yeah, and Firehouse, right? And yeah. uh, Black Diamonds, on it, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. That one. It's yeah, so hard to have live albums. Yeah. That was good. I didn't, I think my first one was Destroyer, I think was my first Kiss album. Another great one. I think that that album cover is what like kind of drew you in. Yeah, because it was such a you know such a great rendition of them. And not the the I think not their best songs, but there was a bunch of good songs on there. Well, what was interesting if you look at the album cover at the time, you're like, because I remember looking back, I'm like, for like album covers, like the Evils, the scariest covers I think in my house was like like Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. You're mm. like, whoa! I mean, but then you listen to the music, beautiful. But it's not the album cover. Right. So you look at the Kiss album and you look at these guys and the monsters and they got the wings and stuff, and the blood. But then you hear like, you know, Sweet Pain or Shout yeah. It Out. Like it's not yeah. locking in with what the sound of Kiss, a lot of Kiss does right. in a lot of their songs. They they had more pop sensibilities, than I think, than, you know. Oh, absolutely. And I think it was in the production. I, I don't think it was them so much. I could be wrong, but I think it was the producer. Um, Bob? I don't know if you ever noticed. There was a lot of bells, and I'm talking about those long chime bells. Yeah, they hit with the hammer. They used that in a bunch of songs, you know, and kind of that um, old harmonies, like um, like they the, the the they did in the '50s with the girl singers. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of that influence, but it was underneath, so you didn't hear it a lot, you know, under all the rock stuff. But there's some really good production and, and uh, well thought out stuff. I, I don't know if you saw. Or heard some of the uh, Paul Stanley stuff, his new stuff that he's doing now. I've heard the it's first kinda, song. Yeah, kind of kind of old funk, you know, R and B. Which stuff. doesn't surprise me. It really ties in. It's always where he's been. It's always been in part yeah. of his mix on some level. So him going there. Um, yeah, but we were actually talking today about this. The uh, for the Kiss album, The Elder. There's actually some mm-hmm. gems on that album. It got panned pretty bad, but if you go back and listen, there's some there's some really stinkers on that album too. Yeah, yeah. But there's a couple of hidden good songs on that album. Mm-hmm. If you listen to it, um, like anything, as a person, I've always enjoyed. I like kissing different phases too. Like I actually enjoyed. I like. I really enjoyed like some guitar sounds I did on Crazy Nights, that era. Yeah, I, the, I think I was out of them by then. You know, once the band kind of stopped, you know, the original band broke up. I kind of lost interest, and then I heard some of the stuff, and then they had that little disco kind of era that they were doing, and I yeah. lost uh, interest. But I still go back to the old school albums. That disco was a total fluke album that they made with Desmond, that one song. Yeah. That, they're like, ah, it was a, you know, a co-writing. 
Desmond and uh, Paul Paul wanted to get with him because Paul, I guess Paul used to go in the club with Desmond. Yeah. Desmond Childsby used to be there in the head budget. And Paul wanted to meet other girls at the club. They started talking. He said, like, let's write a song together. They each wrote a song. I guess the song that he wrote for Desmond didn't go as big. But uh, for Desmond, though, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's made for loving you. It was huge. That was huge. a big one. Yep. And uh, But they got caught in the sound. Like For me, I was always like, Different eras of Kiss. I could go go back and forth and like appreciate different things. But I don't think it's ever stuck in a solid era. So I'm gonna mix it up. Actually, no. You know what? I'm gonna go back. We're gonna do one more. <laughs> one more Zappa. Yeah. Here we go. Now this one is crazy. And actually, if you look at the album, it's a Z, and then oh, sideways it's a P. Uh, Chip arrived too late to save a drowning witch. Do you do you, do you understand that picture? Do you do you know where that came it? from? You know, well, you know that picture? I know it's a, a, a German artist. Um, well, can't think of the name. if you remember, I don't. I don't know if you're old. I don't know how old you are, but there was a I'm 50. show. What's that? I'm fifty. All right, so I'm fifty-five. So there was a show back in the day, way back in the day, called Zoom, and they used to draw these pictures, yeah. and you would have to figure out what that was. And that's basically what that was. You know, the ship arriving too late to save a drowning witch. Yeah. That's where that came from. I remember that show. Yeah, because I remember that. I remember just, just like a German guy who did it too. So that was a good. That had some album. Where are you? Had a couple of weird live stuff mixed in from other time periods, and then, then of course, Valley Girl was the big thing. Yeah. And then he's got a ripping. He's got some ripping guitar riffs buried underneath it, but it would take we yeah. buried them because it would take away from the song. But uh, it was, it was a good album. I also liked Drowning Witch. It, uh, feels like it's kind of pitchy. The weird, that weird tone. Yeah. That weird. And every now and then, I, th- I think we, I think the Weasels, um, I think they did it once or twice live. I want to think. I think oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm that sure. Song. Yeah. It's, it's a good one though. Yeah, the Weasels Zappa live is the best. That is, yeah, he's so good. I know we talked about. Get the chance, they've got to see Zappa live because he does everything yeah. note for note. Dweezil is so good. He's like I said last time. He's actually you know surpassed his father as a guitar player. Um, his playing is just beyond. Oh, he's surpassed everybody. He's up with his peers. He's not oh, just yeah. respected. He's, uh, oh, yeah. I think he's on a certain level. He's not a shredder, but he has a certain technique and sound that I don't think anybody else has. He's actually doing taking his dad's music that wasn't even written for guitar now. Yeah. And he's doing a guitar. Yep. So he's just yeah. beyond. He was doing like, you know, when Frank had Steve I in the band, you know, he, Steve I was billed as the stunt guitarist and he did all the stuff that no one else could do. And now Dweezil is, you know, basically doing that and beyond. That is ridiculous. I'm looking forward to yeah. him playing out again. I mean, it's, it's, oh yeah, I can't wait. Can't it's wait. gonna be awesome because, well, with everybody, but that's one of my big bands I'm waiting for. That's one of my year yearly bands I go see all the time. Mm. That and Reverend Horton Heat always come around. Those are the two bands I oh, yeah. always have to see. Yeah, cool. Those are awesome. Cool. What you got? What do I got? Well, are you running out of Zappa? Or are you got more Zappa too? I'm only, you know, I could, I could have done all Zappa, so I, I say I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So, and since I only have a few of actual physical albums with me, I'll do this one. Mahavishnu Orchestra, The Inner Mounting Flame. You familiar with John McLaughlin? Yeah. This is all, this is fusion stuff. Um, same thing. Once I was into Frank and started, you know, I, I got into this stuff because of friends, older brothers. The, the, yeah. the guys were older than us they were kind of into this stuff this was like the mid 70s and mm-hmm. uh 
I was hearing this music that was so out there and difficult and yeah, you know, and for whatever reason it just caught my ear and I just got involved and I'm gonna check some, it out now. Yeah, this is some crazy playing, some crazy free, you know, fusion jazz and you know, then I went off the deep end with all the Mahavishnu stuff and um uh, the John McLaughlin and John McLaughlin when we play with Ravi Shankar, they call it Shakti. Yep. Uh just great stuff. Still to this day, gotta gotta listen to it. As a matter of fact, um I guess what year did that come out? What's that? What year was that album? Oh, that's a good question. Since I'm not in very good lighting, I couldn't tell you, but you had good lighting though. I did, but it was behind me. <laughs> I'm very bad with light. I, I have really problem with uh, with light sensitivity, so I'm, that's why my glasses are tinted that I wear all yeah. day and all night. Oh, this, this album's so beat up, I can barely read it. It's got to be like early 70s. Yeah, it's definitely early 70s. Um, just, you know, if you haven't you heard it... it. <laughs> You gotta, I'm check you it out. Listen to it. You know, it's one of those albums that just like you go, know, wow. Um, and it's funny because one song on here called "Meeting of the Spirits." I guess it was maybe the second tour of uh, Scatterbrain. We used to walk out to that song. That's how we walk out onto stage. So it was really cool. You know, song that they they did. Did you bring it? So like, was the other other members into, into it also, or was it just you? Yes. Uh, yeah, Paul was into it. Um, I don't know. I think Glenn, I mean, I'm sure all the guys kind of heard it because at that point at our age, yeah, you know, you probably did as a musician. But um, yeah, they were all into it. And it just had a vibe. It was a cool uh, song to walk out to. Yeah, I can't believe I haven't. I've heard John McLaughlin, but I haven't heard that. I'm going to have to go back now. I'll probably, you know, I'll probably listen to it tonight shortly after yeah. the show. I'll, yeah. I'll probably check Get it out. Flame. Don't forget. Oh, I won't. I've got it down. So, I think I really got that. A lot of 70s vibes going on. So what I'm going to do Ooh. is. Nice brain salad surgery. Yep. Brain salad surgery. Little uh, tongue-in-cheek. Uh, yeah. You went there um, from ELP. This is, a, this is a really good album. It's, it, you know, not what you call a lot of break, like a breakout song or anything. And, uh, but the album itself was so, so good. I'm trying, I don't even know. There's one song on it that he actually had that was like big. Well, you know, a single. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the heck it was now. Yeah. I'm not even sure at this point. Because a lot of them are like long pieces and they break into yeah. it. I know there's one point there's like a, a line here like, welcome to where you are. Something is part of like the second verse of a second song, a breakdown. And everybody knows. But it's a good album. I love it. You know, here's the thing. I love to listen to music when it's a full album a lot of times. I don't like skipping. I don't, and I'm really disappointed if an album it has like only a couple good songs from a band. I'm like, eh, you know what I mean? I want to put it down and I want to go for a ride. Right. Well, that's that's how we grew up. That's the way you, you had to do it. I mean, right, and as, these as filler you, albums. Ugh. As you as you knew the album, then you could, if you really wanted to pick up the needle and skip it and not scratch it, you did it. But most of the times, you sat down on the chair, you put that album on, and it was a yeah. listening experience. Yeah, and that that's album. That's like a great cover. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those great covers. Well, what's this? Uh, the artist, he's done everything. Just a bunch of Danzig albums. Um, oh, I don't know the name. Uh, Jagger? Jagger? Uh, G-I-G-R. 
He's an artist. Oh, you, the same guy that did um, Alien, Geiger. Yeah, Geiger. Thank H. you. H.R. Geiger, yeah. Yeah. He actually saw them, did a show over there, and uh, he came in the show, and then they actually changed the name of the album for it, too, and he, he did the work for it. Mm. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool album. I have a really cool guitar that Ibanez put out with the H.R. Geiger artwork, and it's a it's a metal etched body. And it's based on like that alien um, artwork that he did. Just yeah. Freaking cool as hell. That is. Oh, I have one of his, I have one of his books of art. They're just so good. He's so good. Yeah. Are you keeping the seventies vein or where are you going with now? I, you know what, dude? I think almost everything I have is seventies. You know, I'm still listening to the same stuff from the seventies. I, ha- I haven't really, even if I, my Apple music, I mean, I, I have gone mm-hmm. off. So, you know what? I will bring in a more, modern one that I i'll go to the play. 90s i stop at the 90s for most vinyl though there's a few things i have up past it very rarely but generally 60s to the 90s i won't go but you know well my next one i think um hard rock wise i i liked i always liked hard rock but um bordering on i don't, I, I wouldn't say metal but the album that really i i love and i can listen to all the time mm-hmm. is seven dust seasons that album yeah. is just, you know, I, I have a lot of their other stuff. You know, they were very into the screaming type thing for a while and, and uh, a lot of that, which I never liked. But they got that producer on that album that did Seasons with them and it changed the singing, the harmonies, uh, everything. And that just is still very heavy, but still extremely melodic and just a really, really great album. They're, they're a solid band, too. They oh, continually... Oh. I mean, I've seen them live a few times and I, I really dig it. I saw them a few times, yeah, for the first album. What's great is um, the guitar player, John. He, you know, he used to be in a band called the Peace Dogs. He used to, he used to be a drummer oh, in yeah? Atlanta. When I was in a, going to college in Atlanta. There was, they, they, were, they, they were the big he, the singer, had like the blonde hair in the band, the, you know, the, mm. kind of like a cheap trick. And they, they're big, they're called the Peace Dogs. Their big song and their set was would be Peace Dog by the, the Cult. Mm hmm. They had a place and they used to play out, but yeah, he was the drummer. And then after that band broke up, when everything probably went belly up, they had like one album out. Right. He switched to guitar shortly after. John from, you know, whatever. Seven yeah. All of a sudden he was playing the guitar and he was just ripping at the guitar. It was so great to have him come out and do that. Yeah. And he's got a great voice too. Yeah. He really does. He really... <laughs> so the, the band actually going down probably was the best thing for him. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. So I, yeah. But they were, yeah, I remember going to see them. So it was funny seeing him originally behind a drum set and kind of a, a rocky, glammy band. Yeah. And then a few years later, seeing him playing guitar leading this like heavy band, like total yeah. change up. So that was awesome. Good album. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to go the other way with this one and talk really kind of two, but one. Steely Dan. I got, and actually, Love them. it's Asia, Asia yeah. and, then, and, then, and then Katie Live. Katie Live. So, yeah. So many great albums by them. All of them are good. Just really good. I actually just had these bundled together. So I'm like, they're both coming together. And with Katie Lyde, uh, I think some of the bigger songs people even know. Um, maybe Black Friday. Mm. Um, Bad Sneakers. Doctor Wu. Yeah, Bad Sneakers is on this one. Yeah. You know, you would know the song. I think with Steely Dan, I think for a lot of people is you don't know the names of the songs, but you know Steely Dan. Yeah, because you heard it on the radio at some point in your life. Like everyone else, like um, like. Black Cow, Deacon Blues, and Peg. Most people, I bet you, will not know like the melody to Peg. 
they'll hear it, they'll be like, and I know the words to it, but they don't even yeah, know yeah. who sings it or what. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you hear that distinctive voice of Michael McDonald on it, you know. It's you know, it's such a good, good stuff. Those guys are just such great musicians, great writers, just a just a talented band. Well, for this this album, I guess, was named after um a Japanese woman and I guess they took like they had like forty musicians on it to do this album. You know how the perfectionists they were. Yep. Over forty musicians. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't even imagine working with them. <laughs> perfectionists, you know. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's crazy. They still they're still together. They still talk. They still yeah do music together after all those years of being that that tight working on something. Yeah. To that, you know, become like a homicide. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. So crazy, but that's yeah. I love I love me some Steely Dan. Depends on the mood. Yeah, sure. All right, I'm gonna go back to Zap for a second. This album, Zap in New York. Oh, this is a good one. This is a great one. Oh, let's see, they're still together. Yeah, probably my second album by him. So uh, you know. I love, always love that photo of them standing on stage uh-huh. you know, with Ruth Underwood and Ray White. And this album, you know, just this was like the height of their uh, Halloween shows that they used to do, like, you know, a week of shows over there. And I think this is what really got me into Frank's um, humor stuff, where um, I got where, you know, humor does belong in music you know and it, it yeah. doesn't have to be so serious all the time and he was one of those guys i think that took it there um well i know he was so he was serious about being funny yeah yeah i mean he he wrote serious classical music did all that but at the same time you know he can pick poke fun at anyone and everyone and um some classic stuff on here terry Bosio in his prime doing songs like titties and beer um one of my favorite songs on here is a um, very long song. Uh, it was The Approximate in the Purple Lagoon. And, uh, you know, you got the Fowler Brothers on here. It's just killer, killer stuff. It is. I, I love the album today. It's a, it's a good album to listen to. Um, like I said, probably, probably like my second album I got too. That really, because there's so many songs on that are just so, you know. Yeah. And so- another, another thing is, is Scatterbrain ended up, we ended up doing Titties and Beer as, as part of our show. For I know. I remember years, that. You know? I remember you guys doing that. Yeah. And it's funny, I heard you guys do it before I actually heard the original. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably another reason what led me that way. That's what I'm saying. It's very funny. And that was, yeah, I remember you guys, you guys did a bunch of fun songs. We talked about that before. Yeah, you don't, you didn't remember, say, uh, the Pat Travers doing Boom Boom. I don't remember that one, no. I remember Glenn used to call it, be like, go do Pat Travers. I don't know if you guys had played with him or something. A couple of times, yeah. And I didn't really know the song. I had to go back and listen to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I'm sure so, we did a bunch of things I don't remember. <laughs> I, I That's okay. I liked it. I appreciated it. Yeah, for people that are watching, I've probably seen guys band play. Oh, I can't even tell you how many times. I saw you guys play in Atlanta. I saw you playing like North Carolina. I saw you guys D.C., I think down uh, uh, like in Battery or like one of the worst clubs the ever in the worst area. Club. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The video walls. Yeah, it's the craziest, most dangerous place ever. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good show, though. 
the dirtier the think, better. They were actually, I think they were all good. I mean, you guys, you guys just fed off each other. Things would happen is in the crowds. Very dedicated. Oh yeah, crowd. yeah. If you had a crappy crowd, it was hard to you know get yourself motivated sometimes. Yeah, I I saw you for a bunch, so I've always saw a good, good show. So I, this is this is I like, and I, I've been talking about Aerosmith lately. I also like they're done with mirrors. This is a really weird spot for them. I just got to remember walking in sand. You know, Joe and Steven were at their out. Everyone's doing drugs. Everyone's like hot yeah. breaking up. You know, the whole band. I think Joe owed like eighty thousand dollars in hotel bills, and I think he quit mm. the band after this. And you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Crispo joined the other band. You know, but I got Chiquita. I, I really love the. Uh, oh, no surprise. I, I, this is how how gritty and dirty, and it sounds like it sounds like what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, looking back, it's obviously not like a platinum. Um, Angel or Dude Looks Like a Lady album, but I like this. I also like uh, Done with Mirrors too when they they're still messed up before their permanent vacation album. Mm-hmm. Same thing, really good, really gritty. Um, Night in the Ruts, right in the nuts, right in the Ruts. Yeah, got a little tongue in cheek there. Yeah, so, uh, that was my uh, that's my rock pick for now. What you got? I don't know if I got any records left. It's all right, we got, we got four more, we got four yeah. more. All right. Well, I, I do know up. the ones that, I do know the ones I wanted to tell you about. Tell me, because I will put them up after. That one right there. <laughs> Elvis Costello, "My Aim Is True." So that one, part of my record uh, experience days was I used to go to the public library in Hicksville, and <laughs> when I would go to the library, they would have a section of just albums, and I would go through the albums just to see what I wanted to rent that week. And um, I just remember going through and I saw, and this was always stuck in my head, Elvis Costello. I was like, this guy's got Elvis's first name and Abbott and Costello's last name. I'm like, what the hell is this? So I brought it home and man, I was hooked. Elvis Costello, another great musician. I love his voice. I loved his writing. I, that's still a classic, classic album kind of borders on the punk new wave um, oh, yeah. stuff. And I just, I love him. I, I think he's great. I listen to a lot of his stuff. I love the album that he did with Burke Bacharach doing all the old standards. I mean, just love that guy. Great voice. He has a like great musician. Out. Like, you know, at this point, and I know, doesn't he, like, he tours. Sometimes he, he brings out the wheel of songs. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And he just spins it. Yeah, he's got some... And he has so many songs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so how fantastic is that? That uh, Yeah, I, I have some of those albums, too. And I, I was going to... It's funny, like, a lot of the same ones you did, we're totally in the same path. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think your collection is very similar. Because I, I saw it with your list. I was like, oh, okay. I have to <laughs> find something yeah. a little different. And you believe me, my list, uh, you know, I was saying, like, oh, maybe I should do this. But, some, you know, certain things. And certain things I didn't put on there, but like we talked about before, you can keep going. You know, Frampton Comes Alive, you know, the first Boston album. These were so big and monumental back then. Well, um, I, th- I think they still are. Can you imagine the sound yeah. of Boston? I mean, first off, oh, all these albums, no, no, a lot of this wouldn't even happen. That was a time period that allowed artists to, to work on an album, to tour, to work an album for a couple <laughs> Come on. Do you think if this, was, this came out in the 90s, be, we would know who Aerosmith would be an influence on anybody? Right. right. <laughs> They'd be like that one-off album from the 80s that people talk about. You know what I mean? They were a mm-hmm. good band, but they got dropped because you don't work an album. Yeah. Back then, you know, just like Fleetwood Mac had how many different versions of the band, different genres and styles. Mm-hmm. 
could work it. Now, with Boston, Boston's the one band though. Like he literally like, recorded everything in his basement. Invented he, he like invented stuff he needed. He pretended he well, was Tom something Schultz, else. Yeah, he was engineer. He was yeah. brilliant. And, and, and then like released it and then did nothing like like <laughs> for like a long period of time, like doing albums. It's like the craziest yeah. schedule he set. And then each album come out would be huge. You know? Yeah. And Brad Zelt, I mean his voice was insane. Insane. Yeah. Very few people can 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 do him live now. What's you know? that? Very few people can actually do that live. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, in uh, Brad's past, you know, yeah. unfortunately, uh, ended his life. Um, who did, uh, Steven Sweet from Striper, I think, did part of a tour with them, singing those parts. He's got he's got the, the high end voice here to still do it yeah. at his age. His voice is not getting weaker. I don't know mm. how he does it. Um, so while we're talking monumental bands, let's see. Now, all right, so. I Let's take a minute and go to the go to the rush the rush roll, okay? I love rush. I love all the stuff. Like, if you're, okay. The one album that people don't know, Rush, whoever you are, <laughs> this dude in the middle. That's not Neil Peart, you know. Yep. It could be Rod Stewart for all we know. You know? <laughs> uh, John Rusty, I think physically he couldn't take it the playing or something was just too much on his body or there's some reason he couldn't. You I know? think he wasn't interested. He didn't want to do. He wasn't interested in doing the rigors of touring and everything like that. I just watched the uh, the show about them, and okay. they talked about that. Yeah, I've seen so much. I just always remember, right? You know, there's only so much point you before your your mind starts dropping off. Now, mm. you can really hear the Zeppelin and Cream influence in this album. Super, especially his voice, the high end. But I mean, like finding my way. You know, here again, what you're doing. I mean. I, Working man. I mean, a lot. Oh yeah. Lot of people, Working, because, yeah. You know, the, the critics panned it. I still say it's not like you know that great of a Rush album. I don't. I think Rush albums can stand on their own. It's kind of hard to rate a Rush album, in my opinion. You know, it's yeah, like a stamp I, on time. Well, that I mean, if you think of that album and the time it came out and what they were doing, and it was very different. And you know, here was this guy that looked like Eddie and sounded like something you never heard before. Yeah. You know, at first you go, you know, what the hell is that? But that, that great great stuff i mean really great i mean working man still to this day you go it's just a great rock song with this guy with some crazy high voice but in, in but, but back then nobody even i mean can't even compare to, you know alex guitar playing it was, you know the sounds that they, they, they would come up with and you know, and, 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 and getting with his bass you know because the pedals and he's got the keyboards and bass keyboard and he's, he was just Within a few albums, he was everywhere, and it became a keyboard band, but not an '80s. I mean, kind of '80s keyboard music at the time yeah, right, yeah. for like big money because that was the sound the keyboards were going. But he was doing like keyboards and you know electric piano and instrumental pieces all the way through. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I just think that was the only time that people took a hit at him was the big money keyboard because that's what the '80s sounded like. You know? But just just think that song, "Big Money," that freaking bass line is so great. And I always said this, Getty, he played these intricate bass lines and was singing a totally different yeah. you know, rhythm over it. I'm like, how the hell do you do that? Oh, good. And the same time, his foot, like, his foot's on something else, too. Like another pedal for yeah. a keyboard line, too. He's yeah, like, over here. Pedals. Yeah, the yeah. pedals. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he was, he's just ridiculous. He's just another talent yeah. that's just, you know. And, and Alex, and of course, the late Neil Pert. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you're the best drummer in the world. What do you do when you take a break? Get drum lessons. Yeah. Really? 
which is great. He did. I mean, that's, that's why you become the best. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you innovate, you know? And here's um, a guy that you know, wrote all the lyrics. You know, and it's funny when I first started getting to rush, it was way back when I was a kid and you hear that you're like, okay, you rock band, you kind of just from the outside. Right. And so you're getting the albums, you're listening. You're like, wait a minute. Drummers writing other words, you know? And the fact yeah. that they have, yeah, even to the end, the clock recordings, you get the comics and, and a theory and it's just, it's layers and layers and layers, you know, and, and I mean, I think, you know, all the success that they traded off, Neil traded off, you know, he went through so much suffering too. He yeah, lost he, wife, it, he yeah, lost a wife, he lost a child. Yeah, and so close to each other too. Yeah, very sad life. And, uh, you know, and then after that, when he, he decided to just go on the road with his motorcycle and just do that for, I think, two years he did it. Yeah. And then when he went back and started touring with Rush again, he would bring his motorcycle on tour. And he would never do the meet and greets or anything. He had no interest in that. He would get on his bike and go to the next show. Yeah, awesome. he had a tough life. It was very sad. Yeah, I mean, can you like to be like the best and be like the biggest about everything, but then you lose the two things that are just the most to you. Mm-hmm. And then he finally gets settled in. He gets wife and he gets kids. And he, he rebuilds and then retires. And then, you know what I mean? Again. <laughs> it's, it's so awful. Yeah. But... The legacy of music that he did is is uh, yeah yeah so so good. Um, I'm gonna end. So all right, so I've got three. So I'm gonna say my last two are just kind of like Rocky Mel albums that are classics. But what? actually, no, sorry, actually, it's your turn. Yeah, okay, good. Oh. I, uh, what do you got? All right, Jeff Beck Wired. You like <sighs> Jeff Beck? I love Jeff Beck. Another, you know, instrumental. Well, Scatterbrain, come on. Yeah. Well, Jeff Beck was, you know, again, I was, I loved instrumental music. And um, when I heard Jeff Beck, I think the first time I heard Jeff Beck, I was much younger when he was with Rod Stewart. So I didn't take to it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, you know, Wired and Blow by Blow and those albums came out, you know, he did stuff with the guitar that no one else could do. And still, to this yeah, day. Yeah, he still is too. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've seen Jeff recently and he's just... No one's got the control that he has in his fingers and the way he uses the bar and, you know, and he can do anything. He, he really he, can he, do he, he had the most basic, basic guitar. He could get a Sears guitar and he would rip mm. it apart. He is just He's, so good. It was really crazy. I remember it's so like he did the big seventies and also like a lot of people that weren't familiar with him. He got together and remember he did a, he did that song with, um, with Rod Stewart. He came back in a song with me. Did people get ready? Sure. How beautiful is that guitar. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even need, I mean, Rod Stewart's a good singer, you know, the time, yeah. it's peak, whatever. But let's just take a minute and peel back the vocals on that. Let's just talk about Jeff. You don't even, that, that is just a solo guitar piece that is. Well, you listen to anything on Wired, it's the same thing. Of course, you of know, course. Because we ended those lovers, uh, I might confuse some of the albums, um, Blue Wind. There's so many, Goodbye Book by Hat. I mean, so many songs that the guitar is the vocal is mm-hmm. the you know is the leading part of the song that you don't need vocals it's it, no. he just amazing he just and the way he i never knew when i was younger that he didn't use a pick you know it wasn't until later on when i started seeing him in videos i was like wow, yeah this guy's that has that much control you know with his playing <laughs> and his bar technique is just unreal he unreal. i mean he's legendary but i still don't think he was as as big as he should be, you know what I mean? 
he should be as big as well like, you know what it's, it's that style of music so you know he's the the guitar players he's the musician's hero yeah but you know he's had some life man he's he's you know Yardbirds, you know that's Jeff what i'm saying Don stewart i mean he's really been around he's done a lot of stuff with people he is he is a musician musician but i'm saying but like you never got the celebrity of a Satriani or a Steve yeah. Vai or, yeah. but they all look up to him, you know. I know, and and, you know? and, and um, he's as good. He's just different, oh, and that's yeah. that's the that's just the best best part is that yeah. you're as you're just different, but you're as good. You don't have to be, you don't have to play a million notes a minute to be better than someone. I mean, I love Vi, I love his playing. He's unbelievable the stuff he does, but when you hear some of Jeff's stuff, it's just like. It's unbelievable. It's just, you know, it's an extension of him. He is just, he knows how to make yeah. that guitar sing. He, he is. I've just lost a week of my life listening to all these albums again now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Because <laughs> I know I'm going to well, be doing it the next seven days, my friend. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. I, I will end up going tomorrow going, oh, what did I, what should I listen to next from it that I missed? Yeah. It's, I want to go it's, back to my Rush album. Well, it, it is. It's crazy because it's it's you get really excited for music, or just like when I got like I got these new headphones, right? Uh, this a while back though. And also, you hear like you put it in, you hear this, something you haven't heard in a while, or you oh, hear sure. something different. Yeah, you're like oh, I didn't hear that before. Often, every album sounds different again. Yeah, the reason to forget is it's exciting. It's like the first yeah. time. Um, so I have a weak spot for for uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Now, oh, interesting. This was not their 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 big album. Um, this is. Tyranny and uh, Mutation. They had one single off of it. I think it was um, uh, Hot Rails to Hell. You, it's, it's a good rock song. It's a, good, a lot of good rock stuff on it. Um, mm-hmm. little, little, little bit of a left turn for these guys. And afterwards, it kind of went back to more of their Blue Oyster Cult sound. Mm-hmm. But I, I, do, I do think, um, you know, I always love the artwork. You know, it's funny. They always get that classic rock feel like they're a bunch of old dudes. But really, yeah. they, had, they had some dark stuff. I mean, they're heavy and dark, Sabbathy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they always kind of get put more in the fog hat thing. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of a sure. I don't think big I ever followed time. them enough to know. I mean, besides Godzilla and whatever, Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and there's another band that's still going. Yeah. Well, and at the time, I didn't. Like, this is like 10, 15 years ago, I started to go back. I mean, there's a lot of bands I've done that with, like Jeff Hull. I've mm-hmm. gone back, Deep Dive. I've gone. Oh, um, yeah. Like, I have everything but them. Like, <laughs> And it's funny, you laugh, you're like, oh, doo, 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 doo. But, but Ian, and, and, and just, you start listening to it, and, 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 um, and John on guitar, and, oh, and, yeah. and, oh my God, and then, and then the drumming, and the, especially the drumming in the first couple albums, or like the trilogy of like Heavy Horses, or, or um, you know, that's another thing like Zappa, like, I could just go days with Jethro Tull. Um, it's totally yeah, out they, there. They great band, great, great band. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another one, when you listen to what's really going on, if you, you kind of don't listen to the, the vocals for a second, you're like, mm-hmm. man, these guys, there's some really good music behind that. Now, and I can tell you it. So like a few years ago, I, mean, I knew the couple of Jethro Tull songs and, you know, on the radio, like we all did, right? Just like, you know, like with Black, uh, Godzilla or whatever. And I had an album, I put it on as uh, like mowing or something and drive mower, get the good things on. And also I'm listening to it. Also I'm starting to hear, I'm like, oh my God, where are these drums coming from? Mm. Where is this guitar coming from? Next thing you know, I'm five records in, and then my collections, you know, like I'm, I go, you know, it, it's it's so good, but you really gotta peel it back and not just listen to yeah. the radio song, you know. Yeah, 
It's it's how it is. But yeah, so Blues to Colson the band is a good deep dive band, you know. And and they're underrated, I think. Yeah, yeah. Just did they, well. they just did now? Yeah, they, they, they just yeah. released a new album. Yeah, I know that like you said, I know they're always playing. Um I, I just bought a huge record collection today. I think being dropped off at my store tomorrow. But it's both it's like six boxes. There might be over five hundred albums. Oh, I, I bought it sight unseen, so I'll let you know once I go through it. Oh, we got to talk, man. Yeah. <laughs> we have to have lunch because uh, yeah. you may have some gems there. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested in going through it. It's going to be like awesome. the old days going through. That's five. Wow, that's a lot, man. That's awesome. It might be more than that. You said there's six huge boxes, so we'll see. <sighs> Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hit me up. And that's something I usually don't do, but I, I got the Colton. and I was like, ah, what the hell? I'll do it. I was looking a lot and what happened is the past couple years is the records got more popular. I had a couple of bins given to me too, or bought and sold online. Also people, everyone thinks like I've got Prince the album. I got purple rain. It's $30. I'm going to sell it for you. I'm like, dude, mm. or Michael Jackson, let me tell you something about an album. If it's a multi-platinum 15 million album sold, everybody has one. Right. Not worth more than a dollar. Yeah, you know, you find an album that most people don't have in good condition. That's worth something, you know. Exactly. But people don't. Every every Beatles album is worth something to people, you know. I got the yeah. first Beatles album. I'm like, so don't I. Yeah, I got almost all. I got almost all the Beatles albums, original albums, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, and that was a hard thing for me to not put any Beatles on here because I, I think if I remember correctly, to when I was about four years old, I think the first physical album i ever got was a beatles album with my grandmother in like brooklyn I, i'll never remember because i can't remember what it was but um i remember having like the 45 of uh, revolution yeah and, i can so. tell you my grandmother got me in, uh, i was into beatles and um and i was presley so those were my first ones so even though i didn't see the beatles on ed sullivan my first influences were still the beatles Mm-hmm. And I, I can tell my first, like first 45, I had, I was on, it was, I think it was Johnny Cash thing in Dark as a Dungeon. I had like a little kid playtale set. But my first album that was given to me was the Beatles. It was when um, the, 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 the cover went all together and I got the little mob cuts, has the one mm-hmm. on your hand on it. Yeah. You know, that, that album. It's like Meet the Beatles or something. I know they changed right, it. Right. Trans- what, what country are you in? What they called it. That would be my first, first album I think that I had that was given to me. Yeah. Beatles, man. Which, yeah. like you, I've got all all the albums too. So, yeah. and yeah, so, Elvis. I mean, just you know, as your parents, you growing up with your parents, you know, you couldn't help it. Elvis was on TV all the time, so you you know you watch this guy, yeah, you know, do that, and you you know you ended up liking it. And how could you not? I mean, he had this, he had the entertainment, then you get oh, you kind of doing yeah. this. He's like an actor. Also, then boom, sixty eight special. Like he's out in leather, mm-hmm. the lights. Yeah, you don't get any more more than badass than the sixty eight special, yeah. Matt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who at 68 was wearing full leather with jet black yep. hair? Yeah. Nobody. Yep. That is the beginning of heavy metal. Like the, the look, that is. Well, yeah, right. Before Sabbath? Is it just. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that was ahead of time. What you got? I just did, uh... All right. This was like this at the same time I discovered Frank uh, Utopia, Ra. Uh, okay. Uh, that was Todd Rundgren had originally, you know, it came out as Todd Rundgren back in the 60s. Then yeah. in the early 70s, you had Todd Rundgren's Utopia, which was a little bit more fusion-y stuff. But then he came and put together the band with the four guys. And that, you know, ended up staying together for, you know, a number of years. But Ra is the first album I heard by them. And another one, I was just hooked. And I, I'm a 
he, he's like the number two after Zappa for me. Todd Rundgren and Utopia. Um, just love their stuff. Great musicians. All four of them sang very reminiscent of the Beatles stuff. Um, and uh, just a cool album. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that now because that I don't know. I mean, I know Todd, some of his later yeah. stuff, but. Concept album, you know, kind of, uh, you know, one side or a good portion of one side is one song called Sing Ring in the Glass Guitar. One song is called Hiroshima. Uh, just really great stuff. I don't know, man. It's just, I think back to those days in the 70s and it was, it was so, um, you know, new and exciting and, and stuff that you didn't normally hear. But they wrote albums like you know, yes is no yeah. life. I, like I, I have about a billion rest. I saw you yes. I could have done a, a whole episode on yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Concept albums, you know, four four album double disc. Like it's just everything. It's, it's so thought out, you know. You know, there's eighty five members in yes. Depends on when yeah. you're seeing them. I just saw them at the long ago too. Um, it was the uh, the nine hundred two one zero lineup. Oh, really? They did. Oh, nice. Yeah, what's yeah. his face? Came and played guitar. He hadn't played with him in Trevor a while. Um, yes. Trevor, yeah, great. He great came and played. What a, what, a treat, what a treat to have him play with him. Because that was not an ordinary thing. It's like two years ago before yeah. the plague. <laughs> Covidia. Welcome to Covidia. So, all right, my last two. I'm going to do this This one, because we're talking about guitar heroes. Now, Ozzy, everyone loves Ozzy. You know, it's cliche. It's, it's known. He's great. But the other cliche is Randy Rhodes. But this is the first album that he did with Randy. So like this is like when Randy came from Quiet Riot. So this is mm-hmm. taking us back in time. That was so fresh, once again. I mean, who wrote the stuff, you know, controversially went back and forth. But this is the, I don't know. He still does crazy. This is crazy train came back, you know, Goodbye to Romance. Mr. Crowley, Suicide Solution, D. Who did a guitar piece like D ever? Still with the night. I mean, this is a really solid, solid album. Yeah, um, he's... This is one of the two we did. And then, of course, another plane accident. Yeah. Ozzy, you you know, stay what, away from planes. I don't care what you say about Ozzy. He's, uh, he's a character, but man, Sabbath, I mean, the stuff that they were writing in the late 60s. Oh, yeah. And and him coming from there and going into his, uh, his, his solo career and... Mm-hmm. You know, I got to see Ozzy twice uh, in the last few years, and and I didn't get to see him, you know, earlier on when yeah. they, they were together. And man, they they were unbelievable. They were yeah. unbelievable on that stage, man. Well, Ozzy, what I'm saying is like, yeah, everyone's got a different opinion on Ozzy because he's like he's a different celebrity. It's like you know, it's like the celebrity of not being a musician type. Of, so I'm yeah. talking about I I was an Ozzy fan. Like the first six Sabbath albums for me yeah. was like for like a year. That's all I listened to, or no Rest of the Wicked, it was the first tour I saw him on. I've also saw him later on, I saw him on Black Sabbath. I didn't get to see Black Sabbath younger. But I did see Black Sabbath with him, and I did see him do the No Rest, and some probably some other stuff too. Great, great shows, great musicians, you know? Yeah. He's persevered. He's he's pushed through. And you can't and, understand him when he talks, but when he gets on stage, so all of a sudden he, he does everything right. He's an entertainer. Um, yeah, he's great. And he's, you know. Yeah. What you got? You actually yes. saw, did you have, what about your Steve I? You were a new Steve I, right? About Passion of Warfare. Well, that was one of my, my 12th or 13th one, but. Well, you know, let's I, talk about it for a minute. We were talking about guitar, no, so. Passion of Warfare. I mean, if, if I really took a step back 
when I heard, you know, when because I know, knew Steve from playing with Zappa, mm-hmm. when his first album he came out was Flexible. It was totally Zappa. You know, he totally influenced. I oh, love totally. that album. But when Passion of Warfare came out, actually Scatterbrain, we were on the label with Steve. And his album came out right when our album was coming out. He actually uh, debuted our first video on MTV. But that album came out. And I mean, that album is just insane. Um, Yeah, it was. Just uh, one song after another. Some of it's a little out there. You know, little snippets in between. But, you know, you talk about ballads. You know, you you think of like, whatever, a Bon Jovi ballad or whatever the big rock ballads are. Mm -hmm. And I still think one of the for me, one of the biggest battles there is, is for the love of God. I mean, that song off that album, I, I can listen to it 10 times a day because it's, there's so much feeling in that song. In the I had to learn the riff. I, I agree. I had to learn the riff for it because I love it yeah. so much. It, 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 the buildup of, of the, you know, the, the whole song and the solo and I, I never get tired of it. You know, yeah. I got to uh, help him out on stage a couple of times and I did some work with him. And I stood there on the side of the stage, you know, like 25 feet from him watching him do it and amazed that he still pulls it off like the album. And I'm just amazing. Such a great he, album. He's good. He, um, talk about him now, but go back. I have a story too, uh, Steve, sorry. But now you see he hurt his hand and he just did a song and he released yeah. it with one hand. One hand, yeah. Oh, for, fr- for Steve, that's, you know. <laughs> Steve, you're just ridiculous. You're just so good. Um, yes. So being on the same label, I, I interned for the label that you guys were on. Mm-hmm. In effect, Combat Records. So that's like, you know, um, fell in love with 24-7 Spies. But Steve, I, you guys were the two big things at the same time, just like you said. Yeah. And um, I remember Steve came into town. Uh, and he, um, he came in, we had dinner. With, he, they bought, like, for some of the vegetarian pizza, he brought in, and he sat with us like the interns, like the regular mm-hmm. people inside the place, you know, probably where we were, the office. And then it was like a couple of us interns. He got some beer, vegetarian pizza, pulled, pulled up some ground and sat on the floor with us and had pizza with the rest of us teenagers. Yeah. And just hung and talked and hung out with us one time, you know, that's who Steve, that's the Steve I know. And, that's, and that was the litmus for me of what a musician should be. Yeah. Because like literally, it was just like anybody else you met. I mean, dude's tall. Yes, and, and, and he, he has an energy that he presents that's almost like vibrating. Like, and you know what I'm saying because you've met him. Mm-hmm. You know this He's thing about him. Guy, yeah, and, and and in a good way. But like, even if he wasn't known, like a super, you'd meet him. Like, wow, that guy. Um, but that was it. And I can tell you that the same year I bumped into. I was walking through the, <laughs> the mall in Atlanta, and um, I bumped into Clapton. Eric Clapton. Oh wow. And um. So I went to go to meet him. And I, at the time, he went through some bad things. I think it was around the time his son died. It was around the time of pretending. So I don't remember. The fact, he, he was kind of upset that he got noticed in a store. I mean, he really kind of, he was, he was like in a Nike store. He had like a bodyguard that was like seven feet tall. Mm. He's real small, his little frilly jacket. And his beautiful blonde woman was like an Amazon. He really stood out. Mm. And then he was like in a shoe store, you know, a Foot Locker or something. Yeah, it was like a Foot Locker. Um, but he did shake his hand. He had these really tiny, tiny little, hands it was uh it was odd but between seeing him and steve you know and and um and my dime bag too from from pantera oh uh, yeah same thing had drinks talked to him fantastic you know what i mean yeah so i was yeah i looking back i'm like how lucky was i to meet all these people 
Yeah. And and, and really you're interviewing some really I watched some of the interviews. You're getting to interview some really heavy hitters, man. Oh, thank you. It's I love music. I mean I yeah, I've yeah. really talked to a lot of people. I can't think of <laughs> very few. I'd like to actually sit down and talk to Steve and Joe at some point and actually at some point. Um and track them down. So I've got one album left I want to do. And okay. um I like them as a rock band like everyone else in the eighties and nineties. And, um, but what happened is, you know, the deep dive, the deep dive, we talk about, um, I started getting back into their, their 70s stuff. Okay. See if you can actually know the band. Their big album that I really was going through a phase with was Tokyo Tapes. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. In their 70s, they had albums called the Tokyo Tapes. Okay. Scorpions. Love it first yeah, thing. That's someone I never got into. Yeah. You got to take some time and go back. And if you listen to, it's a different band almost. The, the, um, it's incredible. Like, the, like their early 70s stuff. Cause like, you know, mm-hmm. Michael's in the band and it's very psychedelic and stuff. Um, or, or Yuli Roth is in the band at one point. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yuli Roth has the Holy Grail of guitars. <laughs> you ever see that yeah, guitar? Does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's crazy. The way he's toned it's, and it's set. Yeah. It's crazy. I always wanted to get one of those from the store. It's like seven grand. It's a crazy price. Yeah, he, he talks about it. He just, I've probably seen him talk about the same thing like about a billion times, you know, mm. and it just, it's just ridiculous. But that album is probably, you know, a good point. But like, I really love their old stuff. I don't have it in the vinyl. Um, interesting thing I learned recently was, um, what I didn't realize was Eric Brazilian from the Hooters wrote a bunch of songs with the Scorpions. Oh, really? So the thought of the Hooters writing a bunch of big yeah. Scorpion songs is yeah. something I never would have put because you would have seen in the credits. You would have, I would have thought, oh, Eric, yeah, Eric was, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he's a songwriter. I mean, he wrote like a billion other songs, Sissy Lopper and this and that. Yeah. But I was, I was so pleased to hear Scorpions and just some of the new songs I love too mm. by them. It's, 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 it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I have Flexible too on vinyl too. And, uh, Oh, Passion yeah. Warfare. I mean, Flexible is such a great, and that is a that is oh, yeah. that is the gateway to Zappa. If, if someone isn't into Zappa, but they like guitar, Steve, you give them that one. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, Little Green Men. If that's not Frank's stamp all over, I mean, it's totally Frank. And you know, still to this day, Steve always talks about Frank and the influence he had. I mean, Steve was eighteen years old. I mean, he was young. I mean, how could he not be influenced by everything he played? But you know, Steve wrote some great stuff, man. That was that album was recorded by a lot of Frank Zappa stuff, right? He didn't like borrow a lot. It was like his first, like his first house that or something Frank had. I mean, um, Steve had. And he built like a little studio, and I think he borrowed yeah. a lot of his gear, outboard gear. Oh, uh, that I don't know. So, I, I, it could be. I, yeah, because that was still like the transition period where he was kind of doing his own thing. And I think um, if you go to if you go to see his website, he has like a little breakdown of you know his stuff. But I noticed prior where he was like he'd be borrowing stuff and recording mm. it and kicked us out and. Because, you know, Frank's the kind of guy, he'd be supportive. He's not going to be like, you're out of the band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, see you later, kid. Mm-hmm. Or something. <laughs> like I'm talking like a gumshoe now. But but he's, <laughs> here's $20, kid. Yeah. He, um, he, he, I think he built like his first studio too with that. And when he recorded that, like sometimes like, I think he took like a shed or a bed or something, you know, and he kind of makeshift it. And that, yeah. was, that was the album that came out of it. And um, I know recently they released the uh, Flexible Leftovers. Mm-hmm. That was even crazier. Yeah, yeah. It's some out there stuff. I was just listening to maybe two weeks ago, Fire Garden. Yeah. Um, you know, great stuff on that. 
great stuff. You know, he's uh, he really knows how to layer a lot of sounds and instruments. He does. There's a lot right. going on, you, you, you know, in his head and it's the way his albums are built. He's, you know, oh, he, yeah. has all, he has it all thought out too. Like all his albums, like he releases them. He's like seven, it's like every seventh song. So he's like yeah. thinking like albums out and, and like layers. And I'm thinking like, what am I going to eat for lunch tomorrow? And I can't even get <laughs> yeah, that right? far, right? So, oh man, this has been uh, awesome. Do I have any left? Am I done? You have, oh, Ted Dugan was on your list. No, you see, I, I, sh- I, I should have never sent you that. That was on the end of it. That was on the end of it. But you know, there's, there's one I really, there's really two more I'm gonna tell you because they really yeah, yeah, no, please. such just, big yeah. albums. Queen, A Night at the Opera. Yeah, I mean, that Drop Dead Legs, uh, not Drop Dead Legs, sorry, Death on Two Legs. Um, but Drop Dead Legs is a good song too by Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that that album was a huge monumental album. You know, in my lifetime, in Queen's lifetime, uh, just crazy. And the other one for me was Yes, Close to the Edge. Which both of those I have on vinyl too. Yeah, I mean, I still to this day, Close to the Edge, love it. I mean, I could listen to that over and over too. Brilliant. When I saw you had that, I, I went up, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to pick a favorite one of mine. And I usually go for Tales of Topographic. is like the, the double album, that crazy album. Like a, lot, just, yeah. a lot of people's hit or miss. You either love it, you don't. To me, hands down, Depending on Days is my first favorite or second Yes album. Like it depends, you know what I mean? We, we, I can't yeah, even yeah. say the ultimate 10, it always depends on what day it catches me on in my 10 list. Mm-hmm. But that album um, is fantastic. Yeah, on your list, you also had uh, your carryover list, your overflow. Oh, so I was gonna do, I was gonna do yes. So I went to grab something and I started looking. I'm like, oh, this one, oh, this one. I, I literally couldn't decide on a yes album. So I put them all back. Yeah. Because I couldn't even pick out one yes album. Yeah, this, you know, another thing. I, I couldn't do it so prolific and so much stuff there's like you know a million things that you can choose from yeah Every I mean, album. yeah and I, yeah my my overflow led zeppelin i mean there's so many great led zeppelin albums but presence that album i just use i just actually use that one i i just Did same you? thing literally like my last one it's such a brilliant album and probably and I, not their most popular that's why i picked it just a great album though. i mean such great songs on that album it's like a mid-tempo album too. It's not like over the top or very slow. It's got this really nice gentle yeah. groove where it's kind of, you know I mean, what I mean? I think I just, it always reminds me of, I had it on A-Track and Achilles Last Stand. I just remember putting that in the A-Track player and I just, something about that still. I'm going to tell you, A-Track <laughs> makes you think of, what killed, A-Track killed it for me is having Sticks, Paradise Theater, fading into too much time on my hands Fading down, and then have to yeah, and then it back over. up. Oh my god, that's a killer track right there. It just you, oh. yeah. There's a, there's still a song that I hear all the time. I'm gonna forget who, what band, or what song it is, but still to this day, when I hear it, I know that exact point when it went from track one to track two. I still can hear that and go to the next track. Yeah, I mean, at the time it was a good tradition. Excuse me. So yeah, I picked the same thing. Um, Actually, this is your last one. So you, you had um, Uncle Ted there, Double Live. Double Live, Gonzo. Now, right now, Mr. Ted is very controversial. Mm-hmm. And he, he always has been. I think he was young girls, oh, whatever. Yeah. Right, but more politically. But, but stepping aside, his guitar playing and his music. And his stage show. Bar none, and his stage presence and his, 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 his bar none. I mean, he's been a good performer, you know. 
great. You know, regardless of what you feel about everything else, and, and some of us is kind of dirty the waters with some of this other stuff, mm-hmm. his legacy, you know. Um, but oh, yeah, Devil Life Gonzo was such a good album. Yeah, well, yeah. I remember seeing him, you know, uh, you know, on regular network TV, like on Channel Nine when they I remember them playing California Jam too. It was that outdoor concert. Oh yeah. That Ted came on, you know. When he used to wear the white pants and the and the uh, raccoon tail out of the back, yep. He had the big beard and everything. And he was just crazy ass guy on stage, and he was great player. And the screaming he did, you know, he was just nuts, man. That was, yeah. I had to catch a lot of that stuff later on in life. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, so much good, so much good music tonight. This has been awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, we can. Oh, you. Before, we can go hours because there's so much stuff, and so much stuff that you you know either influenced you or you you know have the memories in your lifetime. You go, yeah. You go for well, it. you got a big collector. We might have to get together, and do another one in the summer, give you some yeah. time to marinate in your in your head. You know what I mean? But uh, it's been awesome. I want to thank man. you. Thank you. I right. appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot.